0: We're not the type of company that's trying to raise a whole bunch of money and hire a bunch of people and burn a lot every single month. We, we, my wife and I, said in the very beginning, we want to be stable, we want to be profitable, we want to have a fantastic place to work. And we've stuck to that.
1: From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today we sit down with Matt Murray, AV veteran, Dealer.com alum, and co-founder of VSET portfolio company Wide Whale, a pioneer in the trust marketing space. Welcome, this is Sam Roach-Gerber and
0: Dave Bradbury,
2: recording from
1: the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Matt, welcome back, my friend.
0: Thank you so much. It's fantastic Great to be here. Great
2: to see you here. Five years has gone by quick, huh? Unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I'm getting a little emotional over here.
2: Well, it is early on a Monday, so yes, (laughs) we're we're a little weak.
1: Nothing to do with you, Matt. (laughs) Um, Okay, I just want to start very beginning. Tell me about you. Where are you from? You know, what kind of kid were you? What kind of high school student were you? Give me a little glimpse into little Matt.
0: Yeah, I'm a Vermonter, uh, born and raised, uh, let's see, uh, Essex High School. I would say that I was not the most committed student. Uh, Did go to the University of Vermont, really uh, three, four semesters, and then just said, you know what, I got to do something. I got to get out of here and joined the Navy, did that for six years, uh, stationed in Jacksonville. And that was an incredible experience, frankly, sort of formative for me uh, in a lot of different ways. And then didn't know what to do after that, not having really marketable skills coming out of the Navy. Um, I called my folks and said, hey, do I still have a bedroom? And they said, yeah, sure, come on home. And uh, that was three, four months of exploration. I kind of had to decide, am I going back to school uh, to finish up or am I heading into the private sector? And at the time, uh, let's see, I had an offer to manage the Borders bookstore, if you remember, on Church Street. And looking back, I'm glad I didn't take that path. Some of you don't even know Borders was a thing on Church Street. Um, it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a top-of-the-block sensation. But at the time, and some of you can sort of connect to this, I would do almost anything to get out of my parents' house. I was 26 years old. So I would do my laundry at the laundromat. And I'm sitting up there reading a book and see this ad for, I thought it was a telemarketing company. It was like cool snowboarder, come on down, hit the phones type feel. And that was not, not my bag. But I went home, and my mom had clipped the same thing out of the paper. right? So it's on the breakfast bar. A little hint. So yeah. we're
2: talking about hardcover books and newspapers.
0: I love. Yeah, that. totally. So uh, it was an informational session, and I went down. There was probably 60 people there. They were looking for a quorum of uh, uh, sort of underemployed or unemployed Vermonters because they were trying to scale up partnership with the Vermont Department of Labor um, met Dan Jackson, who went to St. Mike's and my stepdad was one of his professors. So got that great personal connection, and then it was, yeah, let's go. Uh so joined dealer.com in the spring of 20, let's see, 2007.
1: Wow. So what I mean, you made it sound pretty fluid there. Um, but going from you know, mat- military life to civilian life. Not easy, especially moving back and new with your parents. Like, were you feeling like motivated to do something exciting and new and different? Or like were you just kind of like in a rut there?
0: I left out an important part. I went from the Navy to Manhattan. Oh. And being 26, it was like, oh man, Manhattan, right? And I had a buddy who was Bright living... Lights, Big
2: City Time. Yeah,
0: totally. Uh, I had a buddy living on the West Side working at Initiative Media. And I think he was a media buyer at the time. And he said, just come on up. We'll get you a job. So I went to New York without a job, assuming that I would just slot in and, you know, got the Manhattan apartment, the whole thing, and ended up over the course of a year interviewing at initiative, you know, eight to 10 times. Every single time the job would open, they would call me, you know, put on your collared shirt, come on down. And every time... You know, after the process, they would say internal referral. Somebody else snapped it up from inside the company. And so I basically sent, you know, I spent that whole year slinging drinks, waiting tables, um, and talk about feeling like I was in a rut. Uh, And, you know, great cash business, whatever, but you're working 4 to 2 a.m., just a bizarre lifestyle. So I gave that up. That, That was when I called my parents and said, this is silly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay, and then you got your dealer break.
2: Love it. Uh, this is a Monday morning uh, mood. Yeah, we're going deep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get it up here a little bit. Um, tell us what Wide Will is. How the name come up too? Okay, it's, it's like a favorite pair of corduroys or something. Or that's
0: a great start. Uh, Wide Will is a trust marketing platform. The goal really is to help local businesses shape the narrative uh, digitally, right? So all of their prospects are consuming reviews, social comments, media generally, to try to form an opinion about the transaction that they believe they're interested in, whatever that is. Am I going to this restaurant? Am I buying this car? Is this my new dentist? We all have to, like, gain that confidence toward the transaction. Um, The name itself, I was in the Navy. I learned how to play guitar and immediately thought I was going to be a producer. Like, I'm going to start a production company. It's going to be amazing. That was Wide Whale at the time, like the Corduroy, W-A-L-E. Uh, I actually still try to find the notebook. It's somewhere with the name in it. But I didn't start a production company. Years later, as dealer.com was, was really kind of uh, experiencing explosive growth, I thought, hey, you don't have to have a billion-dollar company. You could have, you know, 20, 50 million-dollar companies, but you need that parent. And that was the name Wide Whale. It kind of came back. Um, I didn't do that either, but it became my Xbox handle. Got it. Got it. So I've I've got a a boy, you know, my son, we would play Xbox together, and I would log in as Wide Whale. And years later when we started the company, if you go try to find a domain, it's almost impossible. Um, So Wide Whale came back up to me. At some point it became W-A-I-L, like the old Burlington band, I would find out. Yes. Yes, a 90s Burlington Um, band, Wide Whale.
1: I believe the husband of one of the musicians is a VSET member as well.
0: That's bizarre. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I'd
0: like to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's too funny. So you touched on it a little bit, but I don't even remember if this was the term when you started the company, but talk to us about what trust marketing is um, and how that space has evolved over the last few years, because it's moving quick.
0: Yeah, totally. So when we started the company, really, we did that because reputation management had moved from something that was an ego-based sell. So you could go to a business owner and say, hey, you're a 4.1 on Google. Your competitor's a 4.5. Like, you got to fix that. And people would buy, right? But that's, again, ego-based sell. You're going to have high churn rates. There's less sort of demonstrable ROI. Um, 2016, Rachel Botsman does a TED Talk Uh, That talks, and she's a trust fellow at Oxford, by the way, brilliant woman. She, let's see, the TED Talk was called, We've Stopped Trusting Institutions and Started Trusting Strangers. Uh, Really compelling for me. And then it was followed up by, hey, uh, reviews are a huge part of local SEO. Now we had demonstrable ROI, right? Something we could really sink our teeth into. Um, And so we used to just educate. Every pitch was education, Here's the, the, you know, all of the proof that more reviews are going to help you show up better in local search. Over time, we brought Rachel Botsman and Trust Marketing back to expand the scope, especially as we added additional products. Now we could lean into the vision, mm-hmm. and the vision is to help create trust between businesses and the communities they serve.
2: Because that leads to commerce? Yeah, I mean, or what? what are yeah, the other, why, why would I want trust?
0: Yeah, so Rachel's whole, you know, the thought that she planted in my head was was in the last twenty years specifically, we've seen more institutional and corporate failure than at any other time in history. Examples of that: half of the Fortune 500 has turned over, uh, according to Edelman, less than a third of consumers trust the brands that they buy. We've watched the BP oil spill, hacks at Nike, Yahoo, and Target. Think about Volkswagen's Dieselgate. Uh, Americans trust media less than they ever have. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And now in that same time period, we've seen this explosion, really, of networks, marketplaces, and platforms, right? So every consumer can just grab their phone. I'm looking over there. And, and, and sort of stress test their decision. Try to find confidence before they go spend their hard-earned dollars on whatever that that uh, transaction might be. Um,
1: so can you run us through just like a case study of like one that sticks in your head of a company you've worked with that just went from zero to a hundred?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this will be fun cause it's local. The vast majority of our business is outside the state of Vermont, but during the pandemic, uh, Jenny Carlson at code style club launched her business I love Jenny. Yeah, she's the best. She launched a men's salon, during a pandemic that's really difficult
2: like basically <laughs> a week before yeah shut down
0: yeah right and i'm thinking oh gosh jenny I'd, I'd sort of followed her along from from a couple other establishments and i started talking to her and i'm like look you're gonna need social proof number one during a pandemic to make people feel comfortable mm-hmm. like hey other people are coming in right and, and getting these services so there was just that that trust right there um But then she's competing with these businesses who've been around Burlington at the time. You know, you think of uh, some other local establishments without naming them that have been around since the 90s. Like, how does she compete against that well-embedded set? So we set her up with Wide Whale Invite, and she started driving a ton of reviews, asking every single guy who left, like, hey, leave us a review. They were getting their texts on their phones. And she rocketed to over 100 reviews in, like, 60 days. And just surpass competitors. Now, in the back end, at the time, it was called the Google My Business Profile. Now it's the GBP. We're monitoring her GMB performance. And the number of visits, calls, asked for directions just went through the roof. And we used her, frankly. We used her in case studies. Uh, We would show prospects all over the country like, look. This business went from zero to sixty in basically ninety days.
2: That's good. and your your hair looks great too. Thanks, man. Matt. Yeah,
1: I swear you that like woman yeah, yeah. Cuts she cut off the my hair locks. of yeah. every entrepreneur and investor in the state of Vermont. I'm going to start going to her. I don't know what she can do. With uh, this, you
2: should.
0: Yeah, they take women and children and now, and that's where you go for gossip too. You know, you can learn a lot about the community.
2: There. Okay, let's get off of that yeah. track. Please. You're scaring
1: him, Matt. Yeah. Don't yeah, scare um, him.
2: Well, Ethan Bechtel is a regular there, too. Of so. course, yeah. He's a talker. <laughs> right, Ethan? Um, you co-founded Widewilt with your wife, Angie. Tell us about that partnership, what works well, maybe what hasn't. Yeah, sure. In, in a very productive, nice, she's going to listen to it kind of way. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, so that we just had a son. We just had Lincoln. Uh in January of 2018 and we launched the business in July, but the partnership there was simple. She's got 12, 14 years of operations experience in retail. She managed people that were actually in charge of this function, uh, in Denver for years. And so balancing me with that reality of what it's like to work at the local business was huge. Uh, everything from how should our product work, How should we be talking to our customers? What's a good cadence? You know, what's going to work for them? And over time, she's, you know, now she basically heads all of operations at at Wide Whale, but she's that anchor and we can always go to her and say, what's, what's it really like for the local business?
1: Well, I think that's so important for what you do. And like, you know, Dave and I, the number one thing we look for when we're hiring is like retail or hospitality experience. Because once you've done that, (laughs) I swear you can handle anything. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it makes people that are, they will do whatever they need to do. They're quick learners. They're empathetic. um, They have a thick skin, right? So I love that she was able to take that experience and turn it into, because I think people don't talk about that too, is like how relevant those skills are in a tech company,
0: right? Mm -hmm. We we do the same, as a matter of fact, especially in sales Mm -hmm. and on our response team. Folks who have great service backgrounds are, you know, they wear a 100 different hats, right? And can always present the company best even at times of stress.
1: I have a question because this seems to me to be like a really big ask and a really big lift. Maybe it's not and times have changed and I'm sort of behind, but how do you get customers to create video testimonial content? Because to me, that's like, how could you ever get them to do
2: that? A lot of (laughs) of friction there. Yeah.
0: So we asked ourselves a question this was actually during this was early pandemic what else could we get people to do with an sms prompt Mm. right so the the basics there being we're getting people in the real world to do something like celebrate that um and so we started talking like well wait a minute how cool would it be TikTok's exploding how cool would it be if we could get people to turn their phones on themselves so we built the tech and started to kind of test it um, and almost had like an internal pool. Uh, People were saying things like demographic would matter. We're never going to get an older generation to do this. Uh, That was one of the big ones. A second was people will never do this for free. Mm. The what's in it for me thing came up. I actually had a client, a very large client in Boston, bring that up and say, how are you uh, going to incentivize?
1: I would have asked the same thing. Totally. Yeah.
0: And lo and behold, the very first video we ever got uh, was from an octogenarian in Florida. Ah. Yeah, customer of a Mercedes-Benz store in Jacksonville. And he got the text unincentivized and turned his phone landscape, what's up, pro, <laughs> right? Um, and gave an amazing video testimonial. And Easy. at the very end, he said, look, I didn't buy my vehicle here. I have it serviced here, but the next time you can bet I'm going to buy from this store. And it was like, Wow. And yeah. now
1: he's head of content at Widewell. Whale.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Charlie he gets a new Mercedes or whatever it was. So. Yeah,
1: I love that story. That's so good. Okay. Um, I realize I'm like, I stepped ahead a little bit. I got excited and I, that has been a big question for me. But can you talk a little bit first about just the trajectory of the platform? Like what did you start with and then what have you sort of built um, since then?
0: Yeah. Uh, so we started with tech-enabled managed services. Very basic uh, theory there. And powered a lot by Angie, frankly, my wife, if we can build trust with our customers through a high-touch managed service, when we release software, they are much more likely to buy. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we, you know, we started with a very lean business case, like, hey, we gotta hire people, we gotta build software and and, and offer a product that is very affordable, but has a very high value. And that was the birth of Wide Whales Engage product, which now powers thousands of businesses across the U.S. I mean, last month alone, just our direct clients, forget our resellers or, or licensing partners, uh, we took in over 40,000 reviews that, man- that were managed by our team. You know, Forget the social side of the business even. Um, and that really played out well. And what that, that's turned into great net dollar retention and all these wonderful low-churn metrics like the, the platform. Uh, you know, our customers never wonder if we're doing our jobs, mm-hmm. right? So managed services followed by software products. We're going to actually release another product here in about 60 days to the software side um, and continue to bring really great value to the existing customer set. Yeah. that's awesome.
2: Can you talk about how the reputation – uh, or the review, it impacts the SEO. Just is it just keyword based or sentiment? What, yeah, there's what's so What's going many. on there? What's the magic?
0: Sure, there's a lot of different contributors to what you see in the map pack. And what I like to, you know, the story I like to tell is: imagine you went to uh, a conference in Manhattan, and at lunchtime you're so fired up to go to a New York deli. If you backed up, kind of maybe 2015, 14, in that time frame and earlier. If you did that search, deli near me, that very first result was going to be the closest deli. Everybody still, frankly, expects that today. Uh, Given the birth of trust marketing and Google's belief in this concept, it's much more likely today that Google will say, yeah, there's one that's close to you. But if you walk two blocks further, everybody there is saying, you know, the food is fantastic. The service is wonderful. They clearly have a high transaction volume because of the frequency of their reviews. They deserve the first spot. So it's what the customer talks about. It's volume, frequency, quality of reviews. Does that location have a response strategy? And together, it's telling Google, I feel safe. Google feels safe. Sending its searchers to that offline experience. Now, if they did not do that, let's talk about the negative side. Let's say I take my family to Cape Cod. One of the kids, I don't know, gets like an abscess tooth. This stuff happens. Everybody with kids knows the worst things happen at the absolute worst time. Yes. I ask Google to give me the best dentist near me. If I go there and they start pulling teeth without Novocaine, I'm not only going to be really upset with the doctor or the dentist, I want to be upset with Google. And they're not interested in that, right? Search is Google's ATM. search market share for everything in the world across every device. They continue to iterate on that and have really brought sort of customer voice into the algorithm.
1: That's awesome. And yeah, it's, you know, you don't, I think we are starting to take that for granted, but it wasn't that long ago, right, that you really had to (laughs) dig into it and like be pretty savvy to be able to understand what you're being fed. So Mm -hmm. I think it's the, change in the last few years has been monumental
2: can i ask a question sam please it it used to be um if you had a negative review or a negative experience let's say i was buying something on amazon right and either that experience or the the vendor upset me in some way like i would tell seven people Mm -hmm. right like so the negative was just more such more profoundly shared is that still true? Does that far outweigh the positive experience or or is what you're doing sort of leveling that up?
0: Yeah. So, you know, people don't think about this, but upset customers are so much more likely to leave a negative review, right? Period. They feel like they're doing a service to the community by saying, Hey, don't go here. I had a bad experience. So unfortunately, and we sort of feel this, uh, you know, unmanaged, those comments tend to be more negative than, than the reality of the business experience. Uh, so today, we know, for instance, 85% of consumers trust reviews as much as a recommendation, personal recommendation from mm-hmm. friends or family. And the volume at which we're seeing people leave reviews is just increasing every year. Right? It's becoming easier. People understand sort of the utility of the mm-hmm. review. Uh, so they're much more likely, especially if you make it easy, plug Wide Whale Invite, uh, to leave that feedback online, so a one star is is equally perceived as a five star. You know, right? it it just depends. I, I would almost ask you when you go evaluate a product at Amazon. Everybody does this differently. Are you the type of person who reads the last ten, or do you sort for just the negatives to see the worst case scenario? Like, how do you do it on
2: Amazon? Case? I assume they're all all fake.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I you're don't. not alone. Fifteen no, percent.
2: I'll I'll go try to find the product in like a, a brick and mortar or something a little bit more. more someone who's a member of the community because I feel like there's social capital they have at play for allowing you know chaos mm-hmm. on their on their site. But that, that might just be me. What do you do, Sam?
1: I'm a qualitative gal. I like to like just read the reviews and see if I'm if I'm seeing the same. The star rating doesn't matter as much to me if I'm seeing the same like runs a little small, you know, Mm -hmm. 45 times and it's like the most recent comments. And I'm like, okay, that seems legitimate to me. And like, you know, I think some of the most powerful are like the negative reviews that are like, I'm giving this three stars, but only because it came late. I'm like, okay. Um, So I think that stuff matters to me more.
0: Yeah. So you're looking for the worst case scenario and and that's kind of, that's common. Yeah. Right. And the, There is a beauty to the negative review. We talk about this all the time. It's the business's opportunity uh, to show that they care, right? And you know, you sort of feel if you go to a a review site and it's five stars and a thousand reviews, something's wrong, Yeah. right? They're cheating. and, And generally, they're probably review gating, which is now expressly prohibited by all sites and the FTC. You can get in a lot of trouble doing that. But this used to be the way. It's like, let's just get happy customers to leave reviews. Consumers then go, well, this can't be real. Yeah. So in today's world, when we see, you know, a 4.5 star rating and 1,000 reviews, that's a fantastic business. They're doing a really great job. And they're humans. Once in a while, they make mistakes. That's fine. Yeah. How do you recover?
1: Honestly, on if I am shopping on Amazon, I look almost exclusively at volume of reviews. I don't even care... Really, what the rating is, but if there is like 50,000 reviews on something, I'm like, okay, a lot of people are buying this for a reason.
2: Fact, the product's been there a while. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right? um, how is uh, Chat GPT, AI, content generation? Like, Are you losing sleep over that? Are you taking advantage of it? Like, I, How what? is it impacting your business? The
1: smirk on your face right yeah. now, Matt, is so good.
0: And we are so <laughs> excited about it. To be frank, I mean, it just takes a business like ours that has an extraordinary amount of unstructured data benefits immensely from a platform that can understand natural language and spit out insights. So the very easy application, you'll see everybody do this, is that chat-style feature, right, where it can help a customer of ours respond to reviews faster by giving them a suggested response. Great. We built that. Um, What's more exciting... And we believe truly the future of our platform is to take all of that feedback over a month or a quarter and tell the business about itself. Here's what people loved specifically. Here's the three dishes that were best at your restaurant. Here's the ones that were, you know, maybe underwhelming. Here's what folks thought of the ambiance and the staff at your location. You don't have to go buy a million-dollar platform from a huge enterprise software company that will remain nameless in order to get as <laughs> you know,
2: competitors is like the next question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in order to get, you know, feedback or or really summarize what your guests think. Um, and so we're talking about it, I mean, literally every day. You could ask the whalers, it is a huge part of, of where we're focused.
2: Sam, I don't know if you noticed his shirt with the wide whale logo, but you've had the AI
0: and wild Whale since 2018. Jake pointed that out, our director of marketing immediately. Wide whale. Got the AI right in there. Yeah.
1: Whalers. Love this it. one. Not the Worcester hockey team. Those are your <laughs> employees. The Whalers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my turn. Thank God. Um, so maybe a boring question, but I'm just curious, is there a like industry limitation here? Like, do you work with just specific industries or can anyone work with Wadwell?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we've got great concentration in automotive because of our roots. Our CTO is from auto. You know, Angie's from Auto. I am as well, technology side. Um, so we got we got to revenue through the industry that we know best. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have established uh, property management, multi uh excuse me, multi-family oh, yeah. owned property management. What right?
1: low-hanging fruit there oh, must man. be there.
0: <laughs> Anything that's a considered purchase, <laughs> yeah. think about that is is a great target for Wide Whale. Mm-hmm. Now that said, most of our value is delivered through automation. So while we do receive inbound leads and we have customers in literally every single vertical, we are very thoughtful about extending the platform into new verticals and, and making sure we have the right integrations. You know, mm-hmm. Think of Zoho's or HubSpot's or any CRM. We need that technical connection to automate our products and bring the best value.
1: What does it not work well? What type of business does it not work well for?
0: Um, fast casual dining right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about businesses that don't have contact information. Yeah, right. So you just maybe you just swipe a card that isn't connected to any kind of loyalty uh, program. If we can't get contact info, most times businesses try to use the platform manually, Mm. right? So somebody at the business has to be responsible for filling out a form or uploading a CSV to send out all those texts and get that feedback. You know, people-powered processes over time just they just fail.
1: So if you're start, let's say you're starting a new business today. How should you think about this from the start? Because I think a lot of businesses kind of think of it as an afterthought, like the "oh shit" moment. So, how do you suggest incorporating it from the start?
0: Yeah. So I had a, a restaurant tour say to me, "This is the perfect launch product," and I love that. So, Code mm. Style Club experience that, not that it doesn't bring value to every phase, but if you're a brand new business, you need a megaphone, yeah. right? And to get consumers to be that megaphone early on. Uh, is, is, you know, you've got a leg up, right? And you're trying to catch the competitor down the street. How do you prove that you're better early? All those happy customers are your your opportunity.
2: You alluded to competition and, you know, million dollar plus kinds of ways. Can you talk a little bit about competition, how you view it, how you how you beat it, I guess? Yeah, sure. And then and what's the entry point for a, a retailer that might want to begin this, you know, in terms of price per month or however you charge?
0: Yeah, of course. So, uh our industry is not new in fact you can go back to 2000 and see reviews uh on the, you know the better business bureau everybody's familiar mm-hmm. with the, their type of reviews um <laughs> just kind of le- or yelp yelp has been around yelp, forever yext
2: is that one too
0: yext or? is more kind of business
1: Everyone's listings things. Personally victimized by Yelp at some point.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: we could do a whole session.
2: <laughs> Keeps reappearing on my mobile phone. Okay, like it just just
0: won't delete. <laughs> they have an interesting philosophy. Maybe, you know, we could come back. But so there's there's competition that's multi-vertical, right? So a reputation or a bird eye are good examples of companies that are cross-vertical. They serve everybody, um, and then there are vertically aligned competitors. We're finding over time frankly, that we, out, we generally outperform vertically aligned competitors. And the beauty there, or the the, the the reason for that, is we built for automotive first, which is highly complex. Thousands of transactions at every location every single month. So when we take that to a new vertical that might do, let's say, 50 sales a month, we are over-engineered. We're ready to handle multiple departments. You know, the the amount of feedback we can provide in reporting is just more complex than they need. Mm. So on a vertical, basis, we perform very well. Those cross vertical competitors, highly funded, right? They've got a huge lead in terms of time to engineer their platforms. They have thousands of employees. We're looking at them all the time and saying, how are we better? And one of the fundamentals is our 10% rule, right? Everything we do has to be 10% better than what we're aware of in the market today, hmm. right? Because it's competitive. We're at all white space or greenfield. Things might be different. You might just release and go. In our case, we're pretty thoughtful about every product and feature.
1: How do you ensure that it's 10% better? Like what's the gut check there?
0: Mm-hmm. So obviously we do our homework, right? We go see everything we can see. We'll use trusted uh, clients who maybe used those solutions before to understand their shortcomings. Uh, but I will tell you, uh, in comparison to some of those solutions, we beat them in service every single time. And this seems very basic one of our values is we are responsive and obviously that plays into our managed services but look if you reach out to us you deserve our attention and that's you know somehow not always the case we don't fundamentally understand that but we never leave work with a customer or a prospect kind of hanging out in the wind
2: Gonna walk the walk love it love it right um can you tell us a little bit about your capital path? How how did you and Angie start and and fund this along the way? And if you not if I know you did, as you took outside money and investors, like what were the trade offs, the good, the bad? Yeah. You know what would your advice be to the to the next uh, veteran living in their parents' home <laughs> in Vermont?
0: So we we did have an advantage. Um, While I was still gainfully employed and receiving a paycheck, we hired uh, Adam Burnett, who's now our CTO, to start building the platform. So just wrote him an SOW. It was kind of, you know, here's the rate for this basic. And then we would add features as we went. There was six or eight months of development that we could fund ourselves. Mm. When we decided to to launch the company and stop taking income, you know, at, at that point, I mean, we have four kids, right? So that was a that was a moment, plenty of stress uh, and at the end of the let's see six months in the end of twenty eighteen, we just said we need a we need a little bit of padding, uh, so went to some really close friends, trusted mentor types, and just took one hundred fifty grand mm. you know something to help us sleep at night. We actually never ended up using that one hundred fifty grand. we sort of rode it, and the revenue carried us from there uh, but Mentally, I mean, that was huge. That was huge. Impacted. Can't
1: send the kids with ramen every day.
2: No. Literally, he was standing 15 feet away from us, and I, I had no idea that he was raising that angel money. Uh, yeah. I, I had no idea how to
0: do that, by the way. Um, well, then, you, you
2: picked a couple of really great individuals to, to show you. Uh, yeah,
0: I can't say enough. I mean, it was Mike Lyon, Rick Gibbs, and my father in law who wrote checks early on and just said, You can do this. And maybe that was more valuable than the money, uh, in, in retrospect. Um, fast forward, spring of um, 21, I could feel... First
1: of all, that's a long time. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it was... But, but yes, thank you for that. But we, we could feel that the business, number one, had met product market fit. We had products at that point that we could sell. Um, we just needed to grow faster. And, again... You know, these guys, Mike and Rick said, what you're feeling is the need to raise money. Like, this is how it works. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you.
1: How do you know? You just know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. So um, in that round, we raised 1.5. VSET was part of that round. Huge thanks to you all, of course. Um, Finally,
2: we were able to put some money in. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I mean, it I called sleep. you two December. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, maybe he and Angie need a little Christmas money. Yep. Like trying to buy common shares, <laughs> but they declined. <laughs>
1: or, Patience or, is a virtue, Dave.
0: Yeah. I will, I will tell you that's from a philosophy perspective, though. We're not the type of company that's trying to raise a whole bunch of money and hire a bunch of people and burn a lot every single month. We, we my wife and I, said in the very beginning, we want to be stable. We want to be profitable. We want to have a fantastic place to work. Mm. And we've stuck to that. Uh, so today, while we're watching, you know, tech infrastructure crumble under capital demands, right, nobody wants the down round to all these problems, like, right, they're funding a ton. Everybody. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, and and that's... Sickening.
0: Right. That's not a path, and we, we're very open about this with the whalers. That's not a path that we're interested in. We all want to, you know, keep keep doing what we're doing and enjoy it uh, and spend money, uh, be capital efficient, essentially, Uh spend money wisely. What planet
2: are you from? It's very different hearing that. Uh, I can't, this is some too much stress, Mainstream Dave. media, yeah. He's, you know, he's amping for his TED Talk, I think.
1: He's pretty close, I gotta say. So how many people do you have on your team now?
0: Today there's 46 whalers. Um, we should be mid-50s by the end of the year. Uh, we're feeling incredibly positive about the traction in, in property management and our ability to expand there. Uh, you know, just from a metrics perspective, our turn was about 1% per month in the first quarter. That's that's world class. Yeah. Uh, we're well positioned to continue doing, doing what we're doing, release some additional products, continue to grow the, the business, and we're profitable. Yeah. Right?
1: So can you talk to us a little bit about your hiring strategy? Um, some companies are really struggling with it right now, especially with, you know, housing and child care issues and all that. Like, how... You know, Yeah, I guess, what do you look for in the people you hire and what, you know, what would you kind of recommend for companies that might be struggling with that right now? Or is it just that you're so badass that they just come to you and they want to work there and it's cake? Uh,
0: no. I mean, Vermont has so many great opportunities right now. It's, it's, such, it's such an exciting time to be part of this ecosystem. Um, I'll tell you that every time we hire, we try to use our network first. I believe in that personal connection of the whalers to, you know, to bring us really talented and, and, and you know, uh, folks who will fit our culture. Um, and we don't, I'm not looking to hire 20, 30, 50 people at a time, mm-hmm. right? So we can be a little bit more thoughtful and selective. In terms of of what we look for when we hire, for the majority of roles at the company today, we're hiring for the person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Skills can be taught, <sighs> Character cannot.
1: You're speaking my language. Yeah. Yes. The, the,
0: the, the place where that starts to change clearly is, is where we need some hard technical skill. Mm-hmm. Like our CTO, you know, if you need a mid-level, senior-level engineer, of course, that that changes things. But we try to keep that ethos of, of good people first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and We can help you mature along the way.
1: Well, how did um, Riley Dickey get in there? Probably by mistake. Weird.
2: Yeah, what? He just, he has a way of showing up with a nice smile and, uh, you
0: know. I I just knew
1: he was going to be listening. So I had to get a dig in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, right. He leaves us for views, doesn't he? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Riley's been fantastic. He's a connector. And that's, you, you need those people. We have a handful of people within the business that are just well networked. And oftentimes bring us the next opportunity, the next team member, and, and Riley has certainly proved to be one of those.
1: And for people that are looking for a job, right? Like, what better, you know, review, right? <laughs> to say, like, I love my job. I love working here. I think you would too. Yep.
0: yep. And,
2: and and most of those forty six folks are in Vermont, correct?
0: That's right. The the team members who are not were here in Vermont and then moved. So so Got New it. Jersey now Brooklyn Denver. Uh, we have team members, and that's worked fantastically. I mean, we supported them through the move. They've taken their jobs with them. They're thriving in a new community, uh, but but they're still with us every morning. We have our, our morning meeting. Um, and, and being a company that's history is now, uh, you know, primarily COVID, right? Like most of our team knows Wide Whale well from 2020 forward. Mm. We're really good at doing this hybrid thing.
2: Yeah. Right. It must have been fun to take the masks off and
0: oh, that's what you look like. Right? It was actually a little weird. Yeah, the, f- the first time we all got together in Hula, people commented on that. Like, we're really this far apart. It, it, we all have those experiences, right? It was different. Yeah, and I love your journey
2: too. About you know, you started at your home, right? Mm-hmm. You, you worked out V set for some months, Chase Mill. You had an office. Then you had another house. I think you moved the team into yeah, like a rental or something. And then um, have this great space at Hula. Today, so really, really nifty. Um, You're also on the advisor or investment committee uh, to the Dudley Fund that makes investments in up and coming companies here. Like, what's that side of the table look like, Matt? You know, what what have you learned?
0: Yeah, well, I'm a first-time founder. My wife and I have never started a business before, either one of us. Um, And that commitment to Vermont—I mean, the match to Dudley Fund was perfect. Uh, Jim Crook, Allison. Uh, John Antonucci. They all said, "Hey, this is a mission-based fund. We're trying to invest in Vermont, right? Let's let's find companies that have, you know, maybe they're even pre-revenue or 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 just very early, but have great potential to hire here in the state and help them. You know, help fund them. And that experience for me, I mean, the majority of it is learning. I'm surrounded by people who are so much more experienced than me on that on that committee. That just to listen to the way they." Evaluate a business helps me see my own, right? So can't say enough about, about that experience and the companies that we funded. I mean, it's, it's been unbelievable. Cool.
1: Yeah, we really value having the founder perspective, especially someone who's like actively doing it because you think differently than an investor. That's so important. Um, while we're sort of on that subject, are there any local resources, local meaning Vermont, that have been really helpful from when you started Widewell to now?
0: Holy cow. so my my own network yeah. obviously I think of yeah, sort of the family tree in Vermont and and in my lifetime it goes to even to IDX I mean you think of all the great opportunity that was that was brought by by their exit uh, and I see you know the dealercom leadership following in their foot uh, footsteps biocognitive, mm-hmm. right um, I can't wait to see the result of beta and their progress over time Um you know a, a founder who doesn't reach out to Vset would be silly. There's so much great guidance you can get here and just rubbing shoulders with folks who are in the same phase as you mm. has extraordinary value. Uh, but if you don't, I think there' are sometimes uh, you know sometimes folks think yeah I should just be able to figure this out. Yeah. I see other people start companies. I should be able. There is no founder who did it by themselves, right. right. Right.
1: I think yeah. that's a Vermonter thing too, like a lot of like DIY <laughs> sort of like, you know, you're failing if you're not, if you don't know how to do it you're on your own. And but, like, you know, I think the best founders are the ones that ask for help, that hire people that are better than them at other things, right? And so, you know, I think the ones that, especially the ones that are successful at raising money, the ones that are successful hiring are the ones that like you can't escape as a service provider, right? You see them everywhere mm-hmm. because they are out there and it's, um, it makes it much easier to help those folks because they come to you, right? They, they want to help, and those are always also the people that help other founders, which I think is really cool.
2: Right, right. They, they learn to pay it back, pay it forward. Um, you know, it, it's a lonely thing, right? Starting your company and, you know, if you, your family, the dog, right? And mm-hmm. then you got to have other folks to commiserate with and to, and to share. Um, starting to wrap it up here, but what's, what's next for WideWheel? Yep. Show us
0: the road ahead.
1: Yeah. 60 days, new product, right?
0: New product, listings management. So helping businesses ensure that their, their core listings data, you think first of name, address, phone is correct across all listings websites in navigation apps, Alexa, voice search, all those things. So
1: the fact that like people think our Middlebury office is still open like could maybe help us with that. That
0: is a perfect example. <laughs> There's nothing worse. We can all connect to this. It's a Saturday, you need maybe to get some cleats for your kid because soccer uh, season is starting. You look up a business on Google and it says they're open, you get there and they're closed. That is a perfect example, right? Or you call, you know, you think you're calling a plumber because you have an an emergency and the number's wrong, it's been dead for five years. Some of those basic things really erode trust and we're after, right, building trust. Uh, That sounds like
2: a tall order to scrub the information out there for Good on you, yeah, Good we've been you. talking
0: or thinking about it since twenty nineteen, so we did so much research well, I'm sure
1: it you're solving your own problem too in many ways, right like I'm sure it's a pain in the ass
0: wide whale is the first consumer right we're we're on the product today uh prior to launch, so.
2: You, you, like it's kind of terrifying he's going to go home and review us <laughs> like, like, or maybe maybe you pre-reviewed us and it's just going to like bot in here or something do you have
0: but. Wide Whale invited V set do you guys oh
2: of like, course we've been <laughs> we've been users from the start <laughs> 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 we're just trying to get the door open uh, consistently um, Sam why don't you take the magic wand question please
1: oh I'd love to um, alright Matt if you could change one thing in Vermont today with a magic wand
0: what would it be care
1: yes yep thank you yep I just start crying
0: <laughs> I can't believe some of the things so that the place where my children go today is unbelievably fantastic uh, but has a 120 family waiting list that waiting list carries them at least two years out other local service providers I've heard recently have increased fees up to 40 percent. Uh, to cover some of their fixed costs. I mean, there's just an incredible affordability and in access issue to childcare. And if you can't solve that problem, how are we going to create the next founder? Like that is a that is a fundamental issue in the house that doesn't release the parent from that stress ever. Uh, so if we can solve that, I mean, the economic impact is clear.
1: I'm also one of the lucky ones. I have amazing childcare for my son, but I, he's almost two. And I got a call from one of the daycares where we were on the waiting list, like last week. And they're like, "Hey, we have an opening." I'm like, "He's two years old."
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate
1: <laughs> it. Um, well, thanks, Matt. That's I. Yeah, that's um, okay. that's a big one. So, agree.
2: Thank you, Matt Murray, for coming in and sharing a little bit about Widewell. Look at you, kid. Look at you. Thanks for having me. Super fun. This has been Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. A series is supported by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Let's get back to work and go, let's do a review today.
1: Oh, yeah, in this podcast.